0: the 90s rolled around. You could buy toys very easily at garage sales and flea markets and even on early eBay. People were just trying to get rid of stuff and you could buy what were basically garbage bags full of stuff. And I went through a phase of buying old Star Wars figures, also some old G.I. Joe toys, and I just didn't think much about what I was getting, except for the fact that I could finally get the things I wanted pretty easily. I remember one time ordering A lot of toys and not just a lot of toys but a toy that was sold as a lot it was a G.I. Joe tank a couple of G.I. Joe figures and then a bunch of G.I. Joe pieces I was interested in kind of making custom figures out of them and when I ordered them one of the things that came in there was a broken Steve Austin figure from the Six Million Dollar Man and I held on to that thing for about a year it was sitting there It was missing pieces it was really badly damaged and then I was doing a cleanup, just trying to clean stuff up and I decided I would get rid of it. It's strange what you prioritize and what you decide to hold on to. I don't know why I didn't think to hold on to a broken 6 million dollar man figure, but very quickly afterwards I regretted it. I think there needs to be a moment of self-knowledge that comes with being a collector. Knowing that you want to often care for things that other people might not want. And you probably learn that about yourself in different ways and at different times. But for me, it was the regret I had after just tossing a toy that wasn't in great shape, that I didn't have any plans for, but it would haunt me for a long time afterwards. On today's show, I'm going to review some of the toys from the Six Million Dollar Man, look at some old catalogs that I have. It's really just a review, part of what was going to be in the original six million dollar man episode but I wasn't happy with how it turned out and then I started recording this and realized it was a little longer so I thought I would tell a little story and make this into a bit of a bonus episode for people so we have a lot of fun toys to look at and we'll throw in some surprises here and there so without further ado let's start the show As I mentioned, the Six Million Dollar Man had some amazing toys, many of which I got to play with for one glorious day. I have some catalogs, got them out, and I thought I would get them out and look through the toys. Kenner signed the rights to produce the toys for the series and began putting them out in 1975. Turned out to be a really good deal for Kenner, and they would go on to even bigger things when Star Wars would come out. I wouldn't say that the Bionic Man toys were... As big as Star Wars, but at the time, they were one of the biggest branded toys on the market. And there's some great stuff in here. But we'll go through some of my favorites here. They would release multiple versions of the $6 million man. Depending on what your parents picked out, you would get whatever it is that they would give you. The first came with an engine block that he would lift. The second version came with that same engine block, but you could also pop off that left arm. On the Bionic Man. The third version is pretty famous. And I used it in the promo image. It comes with a Bionic Grip. And had a steel girder. That the six million dollar man could lift. Instead of that engine block. And one of these figures would run you about seven dollars. A little under seven dollars. Depending on where you're buying it. Call Steve Austin, on Mars. Your radio signal's weak. The new six million dollar man. With Bionic Grip. And new Mission to Mars Adventure set. Sold separately. Use his bionic eye. The radio tower fell. We'll fix it. Using his bionic grip. Careful, Steve. Grip it. Hold on. Did it. Mission accomplished. Kenner's new $6 million man with bionic grip. Mission to Mars adventure set sold separately. If you were interested in an amazing enemy of the $6 million man, my favorite and many other people's favorite was Maskatron. Maskatron is the enemy of the $6 million man for even more thrilling bionic adventures. So Maskatron is a robot and came with faces that you could put over it. One, a generic Maskatron, the other Steve himself, and the other Oscar Goldman. He also had arms that you could swap out, a vice grip arm, and a suction cup arm. Really cool toy, although I think the faces sort of look very similar. What's kind of fun about the swappable faces is that when you get the Steve Austin figure, you could look through the back of his head at his bionic vision eye. So he had this big black hole where his one eye should be. But on the Maskatron, it's Steve Austin without the big black hole for an eye. So I guess if he was trying to be undercover, it'd be really easy to spot him. You just look for the Steve Austin that doesn't have the giant gaping hole in his head. The Oscar Goldman doll, a pretty good likeness of Richard Anderson was probably not the most popular toy to get, but I love that they put it out. He's got his checked sport jacket and a turtleneck shirt and brown pants. He also comes with an exploding briefcase, a little James Bondian. I actually don't remember that ever appearing on the show at all, but still a nice feature. Kenner's new Oscar Goldman with exploding briefcase. I have a secret assignment for a six million dollar man. It's in my briefcase. Careful, if it's over wrong it'll self-destruct. Check video scanner! Oscar will contact headquarters. Your order, Steve. Hey, Maskatron here's the briefcase. Look out, it'll blow apart. Arrgh. Oscar Goldman with exploding briefcase, $6 million man and Maskatron each sold separately. One of the coolest toys that they put out in this line was Bigfoot, which came from a very famous episode where the Bionic Man faces off against the Bionic Bigfoot. I don't know if a lot of kids got it, Based on the prices that people are asking for nowadays, I'm guessing not. He actually looks like what they would do with the Chewbacca action figure that they would put out for Star Wars. That sort of grooved look of plastic to resemble fur. A very cool toy to get. They would put out various accessories. They have the Bionic Video Center where you could replay actual 8mm movies from The Six Million Dollar Man. These type of 8mm projectors were really popular back in the 70s and even into the 80s. You get a little loop of film that would play and you could watch back a show or movie that you like. Before VCRs, sometimes this is all you had and it could be pretty entertaining. They had the critical assignment arm. These were for the removable arm, Six Million Dollar Man figure. There were three critical assignment arms, the laser arm. The neutralizer arm with karate action and the oxygen supply arm. The laser arm lit up, so it required a battery. The neutralizer arm, as they say, delivers crushing karate chop action. And the oxygen supply arm is basically there's an oxygen tank in the arm. So it could be used in high altitude missions. And an oxygen mass comes out of it. And those all came with an action t-shirt. Because on these figures, the clothes were removable. So... You could redress your figure and needed a new shirt when you got a new arm. Kind of a cool shirt. I've seen these shirts for humans. It's got the logo in the upper left-hand corner. In addition to critical assignment arms, they also had critical assignment legs. They were not as exciting, but kind of cool. They're replacement legs, but they also have these plastic plates that you could pull off so you could see the robotic circuitry inside the legs. There was the Bionic Mission Vehicle, which was a 20-inch long action vehicle. It had a big cockpit with a transparent shield. It's a trike, and wings you could attach for flying. Most importantly, and maybe the coolest thing that you could put in any toy from this era, it had a rope winch with a hook, so you could hook it up and carry the radioactive cargo to safety. There was a Mission Control Center, which was Steve Austin's base for OSI assignments. Now, this I remember playing with because it had all these crazy cords at the communication center, and I didn't know what to make of it. I remember the sort of tactile feel of moving these things around, but not a lot of other memories of playing with it. It was so brief. Kenner's new $6 million man mission control center. Assembly required. Any report on the enemy agent? Better check headquarters while I pretend to recharge Steve Austin's bionic systems. We've contacted Oscar. He says, check Area 7. Does radar pick up anything? Yes, and look what's on the monitor. Maskatron. Better get there fast. Six million dollar man mission control center. New from Kenner. Figure sold separately. There was a radio pack for Steve Austin that you actually could have an earphone on. So basically a radio that you attach to the back of your Bionic Man figure and play with. And you could be listening to AM radio while you play and pretend it's part of the play according to the catalog, can receive the strongest local AM signal. No battery or no electricity needed. Hmm. Just clip to grounded object, put in your ear, and tune the signal by moving the antenna. So I guess it just picks up whatever's around. Interesting. wonder how well that worked. Where I grew up, there was a lot of radio stations in the area. A lot of big antennas out in the swamps. So I imagine I would have picked up some signal. There was the Venus space probe billed as Steve Austin's alien mechanical adversary. It had a missile launcher, magnetic arm, exploding panels. This Venus space probe does appear in the Six Million Dollar Man, the TV series. Not only the entry from the toy catalog here, so not a lot of information, but looking at it online when people posted about it, it seems really out of scale. And looking on eBay, also really expensive. Now, if you were playing with your Six Million Dollar Man figure, You didn't have a lot of options for expanding the toy lawn without getting into the Bionic Woman. So you might want to pick up some of the Bionic Woman toys that they put out. And they were priced about the same as you would pay for the $6 million man. The one thing that was interesting about the Bionic Woman as opposed to the $6 million man figure is that the Steve Austin head is solid plastic as opposed to Jamie Summers, who has real fake hair that you could style. Even came with a little hairbrush which you can put in her new mission purse kenner's new bionic woman jamie Summers, and the new bionic beauty salon sold separately assembly required jamie Summers had a rest mission we better check the bionic system she's okay t boston will be here soon i'll brush and comb her beautiful hair she's, here. she's ready the Bionic Beauty Salon, new from Kenner, the Bionic Woman, sold separately. Arguably, one of the cooler toys that came out of this line was related to the Bionic Woman, which was the Fembot. Fembot is a disguisable robot, very similar to Maskatron in some ways. Removable face, but somehow much creepier, mostly because when it's removable, and you got to search this online, when the face comes off, it's very odd-looking. It's the Fembot. New from Kenner. And Jamie Summers, the bionic woman, sold separately. I'm Jamie Summers. Oh, no, you're not. I am. You're a fembot. Your paralyzer gave you away. She's announced me. Now I have to disguise myself as a mystery lady. No one will recognize me. Not even Jamie. Ha ha. Fembot comes with everything seen here. Jamie Summers, the bionic woman, sold separately. They put out something called the Bionic Adventure sets that were suits that Steve Austin could wear. Not only were they outfits that you could change Steve into, but they had accessories that would go with whatever mission you were going on. They had a test flight suit one, a Mission to Mars one, really cool, with that orange plastic helmet. And then the denim leisure suit one, or the OSI Undercover assignment set. I love that Undercover is a denim suit with brown shoes. And the denim suit has red piping and red buttons. I will say this, Lee Majors is pulling that look off. Now here is a toy I remember, the Bionic Transport and Repair Station. When you close this thing down, it looked like a rocket ship when it was all closed up. And Steve Austin could be put inside of it and you could see his face in the window. So you could use that as this kind of weirdly scaled rocket ship. But when it was opened, it became a bionic medical facility. And you could plug tubes in, kind of the same tubes I mentioned earlier. It also had these glow-in-the-dark dials, an X-ray image of Steve Austin. Colonel Steve Austin, the $6 million man, and the new bionic transport and repair station. The rocket's crashing! We'll put him in the bionic repair station. We can rebuild him. We'll replace the modules in the bionic arm. No injury here. We'll have to check his eye. Bionic Eye, A-OK. Six million dollar man, ready for action. New Bionic Transport and Repair Station sold separately. The six million dollar man, new from Kenner. The Porta Communicator was really interesting. It was basically a CB radio. You would speak into one of them, and then there was a backpack on your six million dollar man figure. And when you spoke into it, you could hear your voice on the other side that means you could talk to your figure remotely as if you're the mission control the thing is there was a wire connecting them which was about 10 feet it's a strange idea for a toy because it seems so unnecessary in many ways and maybe that's what makes it so amazing here you are burning through batteries to talk to your figure 10 feet away although just talking into a CB was pretty cool back in the day this was the 70s, so if you're really into CBs, they had a CB radio that could receive all 40 CB channels in this kind of cool headset with a $6 million man sticker on the side. The headset contains a hollow microphone unit, which allows the kid to hear the voice commands they're giving to the $6 million man. So I guess it's a CB radio receiver, so I could pick up the truckers driving by, but then I could speak to the $6 million man through it. And I would hear my own voice and think that I'm broadcasting to the $6 million man. But I would probably think I was trying to broadcast to those truckers. Breaker, breaker. Steve, you got to stop that mascotron from destroying the world. They had the OSI headquarters, which is where you could have Oscar Goldman just sort of hanging out. Has maps on the wall. I like that Oscar has a photo of Steve hanging on the wall. There's a map of the United States and a view of, I believe, the Capitol building. So, based on where this would be, he's right on the mall in Washington somehow. Probably not the most popular playset, and only for kids who were completists. And that sort of ends this section of toys in the catalog that I've been able to find. There are other catalogs online. You find a lot of great catalogs online. Talk about that in a little bit. I saw this on eBay, that they made a dual-launch drag set, a drag racing set where the $6 million man races Bigfoot. That's an amazing toy set. It seems from its price that it wasn't very popular because there's very few of them that I've seen online. So I imagine maybe now a ton of them were sold. I don't see how that's possible because this is maybe the most amazing thing I had seen. Having Bigfoot drive a trike is pretty amazing. It's the $6 million man and Bigfoot the Bionic Beast. Drag Race Dynamite. New from Kenner, the TTP Dual Launch Drag Set, with a $6 million Man at his Bionic Mission Cycle against Bionic Bigfoot Jet Style Ice Cycle. One start trigger turns on loose. Come on, Steve! It's Bionic Bigfoot against the $6 million man. Come on, Bigfoot! Let's do it again! TTP Dual Launch Drag Set. Some assembly required. And there would be other six million dollar man merchandise like shirts, clothing, all that fun stuff. They also put out a $6 million man board game in 1975 by Parker Brothers. It's a 2-4 to player game, ages 7-14. to Not the most challenging game, but graphically quite interesting to look at nowadays. It has a really cool cover, but mostly now if I were to look at it, I would look at the cards and the art on the board. There are some great promo images online of Lee Majors playing the game with a kid. According to... The board game description, four bionic men, each claim to have Steve Austin's powers. Your job is to prove that you are the real $6 million man, and you will work for various organizations, not the OSI, but NASA, Interpol, the CIA, and the Defense Department in this game. As you move around the board, you do missions, and then you have to return to the Bionic Research Lab to win the game. This was a very popular game. I would see this at flea markets for decades. It started to increase in price around the turn of the millennium. Now in good condition, it is quite a find. If you were lucky enough to have an arcade in your area, they put out a $6 million man pinball machine in 1978. It was made by Bally. They put 10,000 of these out into various places. It's a fun game to play. I got to play it a couple of years ago, maybe for the second time in my life. It's a six-player game, potentially, which at the time was very rare. I think it was the first of that generation of pinball machines to do so. The art on the machine is amazing. It was done by Dave Christensen, who did a lot of the art for the pinball machines at Bally in that era. It was designed by Greg Kamiak, and he was a prolific pin designer. Worked on things like Xenon that I really enjoy. He started back in 74 at Bally And would continue to work on pinball machines well into the 90s when he was working at Capcom. Where could you look at this stuff? You can go on eBay and find a lot of these things. You could also pick up some catalogs for yourself if you wanted to look at these things. But catalogs have become harder to find. They're fun to have around the house. Look at them. But there's also a lot of people who post catalogs online. Although I'd like to say that looking at catalogs online has become clunkier as time has gone on. People just don't post the images anymore. They might not be quick to go through, but that slows you down, makes you kind of poke around and look at them. You could find a couple at the Internet Archive in just JPEG form, which makes it easy to move through images pretty quickly. There's going to be a day when I imagine some of these catalogs will just show up online. I keep hoping that one of these bigger companies like JCPenney or Sears, any of them, would make the original material available for these catalogs available online, if they still have it. Maybe they don't. It's something that I dream about which is a strange dream for most people, but makes a lot of sense for me. So The Six Million Dollar Man had some great toys. It was way ahead of its time and would influence toys that we would see years afterwards, especially things like Star Wars and G.I. Joe toy lines that would come after that were maybe of a different scale, but would become so much more popular. It's hard for us now, with all the media we have, to think about what the phenomenon that was The Six Million Dollar Man was like it was a superhero show when there just wasn't many superhero shows and then for someone to have the genius idea of putting out a toy line with it and then that toy line catching fire the way it did is amazing and if you look around of what would happen in the 80s and the 90s with toys and tie-ins you can't help but know that this toy line specifically was important in our evolution toward that distribution ecosystem that we've become so familiar with. So next time you head to a toy store, appreciate the toys on the shelves and think, would this be here without the $6 million man? Probably, but who knows? But as people who like toys, we should at least recognize its contribution and realize we owe it a debt of gratitude. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, you should drop by the website at Retroist.com. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Twitter.com Retroist and Instagram.com Retroist. The music you hear on the show is by Peachy. If you like what you hear, you should follow Peachy on Twitter and Twitch. He's at PeachyPixel8. That's the word Peachy, the word Pixel, and the number 8. Thanks to everyone who's been supporting the show. It's been great having you. If you haven't joined the Retroist Discord, you can get an invite over at Patreon, or you can message me directly. It's a great community, and I really enjoy hearing from everybody there. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. Aw, Snoopy. Ah, Snoopy. I love Snoopy. This is now officially just going to be a discussion of great Snoopy toys. This has been a Retroist production. Goodbye.